Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 9 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're continuing to look at verses 7 and 8. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. Well, uh, we have discussed the sewing together of fig leaves and and how that points to work that man does to uh, cover his sins. And in doing this, they made themselves aprons. And the word apron is a word that's translated as girdle that relates to the armor of God. And the armor of God identifies with salvation, with with uh, the Lord Jesus himself. And, and so uh, it's a definite picture that they were attempting to get themselves saved, to take care of their sin problem, the gigantic, enormous error that they just made. They believed the lie, they were deceived, and they then came to the realization they were naked, and now they wanted to solve the problem on their own, without God. They wanted to take care of things and and this is the nature of fallen man. Mankind thinks that they can develop their religion or their gospel. They can then placate, they can appease the angry God, and, and they can get right with him through their own efforts, through their own works. But it's not possible. It, it, the Bible will not allow it for a second. Well, then we went on to look at verse 8. And they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And we saw that this was unusual, first of all, that it says they heard the voice walking. Not that they heard Jehovah God walking, but his voice. And we know that the voice of Jehovah has to do with the law of God or the word of God, the Bible. And and we went to several verses concerning walking in God's commandments or walking in in Christ, walking in the Spirit, and so forth. Now there's there's a verse in Jeremiah chapter thirty two in verse twenty three, and it says, And they came in and possessed it, but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law. They have done nothing of all that thou commandest them to do. Therefore, thou hast caused all this evil to come upon them. So um, there it's speaking of Judah, the people of Judah. They obeyed not God's voice, neither walked in his law. And, and here comes the voice of Jehovah God walking 
in the garden, but Adam and Eve are not walking with him. They're not walking in his voice or with his voice. They're not walking in the spirit or in the truth any longer. They very definitely are not walking because God makes a point of saying Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God amongst the trees of the garden. And then it goes on in the next couple of verses to say, And Jehovah God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam heard the voice. He heard the commandment of God, but he was not walking in the voice, not walking in the law or the word of God any longer. Instead, he was hiding. It's a clear picture of what sin does to the relationship between God and man. In a right relationship, man walks with God, like Enoch and like Noah. They walked with God because they became saved and they had that right relationship restored. Before falling, disobeying God concerning the tree, Adam and Eve walked with God. As God would walk in the garden in the cool of the day, they would have walked with him. But not this day, not this time. This time, they're hiding themselves amongst the trees of the garden. And and very definitely not walking with God. Not walking in his spirit. But God himself, as we saw in our last study, walks in the spirit. He keeps his own commandments. He has magnified his law above all his name. That is, God submits himself to his own commandment, his own word, his own Bible. God is under the same law as man is under. And and that just means that God cannot command man, the creature made in his image, to obey certain laws. He he cannot uh, command us to obey the law concerning marriage and divorce. The law has nothing they can say to him uh, that, that God could divorce if he wanted to uh, because he's not under the law. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches God has placed himself. Nobody placed him there, but God himself has put himself in submission to his own law. And when the Lord Jesus enters into the human race, he is an illustration of that truth in all things. He is continuously referring to being sent by the Father in accomplishing the will, the purpose that the Father has sent him forth to do in fulfilling all the prophets, all the law of God. Jesus submits himself and becomes obedient to every point that God has commanded because, yes, Jesus is God, but Jesus 
has submitted himself to the law. The law has been magnified above all God's name. And, and that would be uh, Jesus, who is eternal God. The law is above him in the sense that he has submitted himself to it, to obey it. And he obeyed even unto death, the death of the cross. And a shameful death. Christ demonstrated that God must, God absolutely must obey his own word. And so we see that God is walking in the garden. The voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden, whether or not man walks with him and and walks uh, in the spirit with him, God will walk in his word. That is, man can sin, God will not sin. Man can lie, God will not lie. It's an impossibility for God to lie. God will walk in all his word. He will keep all his commandments no matter what man does in relationship to the law of God. And so we see that in this statement, Adam and Eve have stopped walking in the law of God, yet God himself has not. And not only God himself, not only God himself, uh, you know, the the Bible says that, uh, again, remember, in uh, we looked at this verse in Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And in verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And there, there's uh, another verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that says something similar. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, uh, God commands us to walk in the Spirit. Well, we know that he's under his own commandments. He, too, walks in the Spirit. And, and that's why it says that Noah walked with God. God was walking alongside Noah as they both were now obedient. Noah from the heart in that new born-again soul that perfectly observed all the law of God. And, and God, as always, walks in his word, keeping all commandments, all the law of God perfectly. He is a holy God. That's why he is a holy God, because there's no sin in him, no transgression or error, no um, iniquity of any kind, because God keeps his own law. God is perfect. And uh, he he is our Father which is in heaven. And that's what God commands. Be ye therefore perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And, and so he has placed himself under his own law. Jesus entering into the human race was um, a beautiful picture that God does place himself under his own law. And God keeps his own law without 
mistake or without failing on any point of the law. Jesus was without sin. And, and so God maintained that perfect obedience to his own word. Well, here we find something interesting in Genesis 3, 8, and they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden and walking in the garden. Again, the garden would be a representation of an outward established kingdom of God on earth. And, and so, uh, God walking in the Garden of Eden would be like God walking in Israel in the days when Israel was his representative. Or God walking in the midst of the candlesticks of the churches, as we read in the book of Revelation, in the time when the New Testament churches and congregations were God's representatives to the world. And, and here he's walking in the garden in the corporate body or in that outward representation of his kingdom. And it says he's walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And that's uh, another strange kind of statement. In the cool of the day. Well, what, what does that mean? Does it mean it's the early morning when the day is cooler? Well, well, no, no. We're greatly helped. When we look up the word, by God's grace, we turn to Strong's Concordance or our interlinear Bible that tells us the Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word is Strong's number 7307. 7307. And it is a typical word that is translated as spirit or breathe or wind. It, it's only that I could find translated as cool in this verse. This is the word, for instance, back in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, where it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The word spirit is this Hebrew word, 7307 translated as cool. Or in Genesis chapter 7, verse 22, it says, All in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. The word breath, it could be understood, spirit of life, but it's a translation of this same word. Or in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The wind, the Hebrew word translated here as wind, is this same word. And you can find many times it's translated as wind, many times it's translated as spirit, and and a good number of times it's translated as breath. But uh, again, I couldn't find anywhere else it's translated as cool. Only here. And the reason they translate it as cool, I think, is because of the word day. Uh, Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, they, they of course, the King James translators recognize this is the Hebrew word 
that they translate as spirit or breath or or wind and and yet they translate it as cool because it seemed to fit better i'm just trying to think how they might have thought with the day in the spirit of the day see it seems a little awkward or in the wind of the day well that's possible maybe they were thinking that or in the breath of the day so they they settled on this word cool and god allowed them to do this because god allowed the translators in many places in the bible to use a word that doesn't actually convey the best meaning why would god do that in order to hide truth and here He's doing the same thing. I, I think the word spirit is probably the better translation. They heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the spirit. Yes, it was in the garden, but just set that aside for a second. Walking in the spirit. And what have we been reading about the word walk? Walk in the commandments. Walk in truth. Walk in the spirit. And to walk in the Spirit means you have a, a right relationship. You're you're in line. You're you're in the boundaries. You're you haven't transgressed. You haven't uh, stepped over the boundary and uh, gone beyond the ancient landmark in any way. No, you're in the Spirit because God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, is absolutely perfect. And without error of any kind, uh, God must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. They're inseparable. Walking in the commandments or in the truth or in the spirit, they're all synonyms. And so here we find what we've already noticed, that Jehovah God or the voice, the word of Jehovah God, walking in the spirit. And that fits very well with the information that we've seen from the Bible that God has magnified his word above all his name. Therefore, he walks in his own commandments or he walks in the spirit. Well, now what about this last word? We we just can't ignore it. What does it mean that uh, they heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the cool or in the spirit of the day. And there's a couple of possibilities for day. When we, we look up spirit and day, and I did, um, I, I, I don't really use software, which probably would have been a big help for this, but really the only thing that I was able to notice where these two words, uh, came together was in Revelation chapter 1, where um, the Apostle John is moved to say in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, or actually I was in the Spirit in the day of the Lord, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So we have the voice and the Spirit in the day. Well, well that's possible. That's possible. Also, when we think of day, we think of day of salvation. And it could be that this is making some kind of reference to God walking 
um, in the garden in one of, or, or maybe figuring both Israel and the church. He's walking in his outward representation or he's within Israel over the course of the time when, when Israel was, uh, viable, when they were, uh, God's representatives or he's in the church during the timeline for the church age when God's spirit was in the midst and when God's spirit is in the midst of Israel or in the midst of the church, there is salvation. There is the salvation um, available during those time periods. It's when God comes out of the midst that salvation concludes or, or is no longer available in Israel when God left them or in the church when he left them back in 1988. But there's also a third uh, possibility for what the word day is pointing to, and that is Christ himself. In Psalm 118, Psalm 118 and verse 24, it says, This is the day which Jehovah hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And And that could course, uh, since it's referring to day, it, it's it's the pronoun it, but if the day was referring to Christ, it, we could rejoice and be glad in him. And the day there is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that God has made, and we've talked about this before, from the foundation of the world when Christ died and rose again to be declared the Son of God, he became the essence of the gospel, he became the light of the world, and therefore the day. Uh, he he began to be uh, a picture of the day itself, and, and that's why we talked about this in the uh, creation account where God made the day first, and then later, on day four, he created the sun, the moon, and the stars as the light bearers. But the day had already existed, because God made salvation first. Jesus uh, was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He performed his atoning work. He guaranteed the salvation for all those elect chosen to receive it, whose sins were laid upon him. And so the day of salvation was made. And then later in time in history attached to things like the word of God, the Bible, and attached to um, the Lord Jesus as he was born of the Virgin Mary and entered into the human race. God attached the light already the day already there, two light bearers. And and then the light made manifest. It, it pointed to um, what Jesus had done when the works were finished at the foundation of the world. Well, okay, that, now that seems the most likely because then if, if the day is pointing to Christ, and even if it's the day of salvation or the day of judgment, in a sense they also point to Christ. But then we have 
and Adam and Eve, they heard the voice of Jehovah God. And that would be God the Father. They heard the voice of Jehovah God walking in the garden in the Spirit. And that would be God the Holy Spirit. So we have God the Father. They heard his voice. He's walking in the Spirit. There is the second person of the Godhead in the Spirit of the day. And the day is a reference to the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who uh, again became the essence of, of the day. He became the light of the world, typified by the sun, the, the sun that would rise on the earth. And, and, and so now we can see the Trinity is in view. Adam and Eve lost uh, relationship. They became separated from God, from the the being of God. And God is one God, yet three persons. God reveals himself as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Adam and Eve lost uh, contact with each person of the Godhead. They no longer were walking in the fullness of God. They no longer were walking with him in his commandments. They were not walking with Jehovah God the Father, nor with God the Spirit, nor with God the Son. And and I think that's the emphasis that God is making here as we read this very interesting verse that, that the Lord has given us. Um, it's really a statement that encapsulates the entire Godhead, the three persons of the Trinity. And we also see that the three persons of the Trinity are enjoying communion with one another. They're no longer at this point walking with man who is made in their image. Remember, let us make man in our image. No man has broken that that uh, relationship, but the relationship within the Godhead is continuing. God is this one God, yet three persons. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.